I'm Shazy, creative alchemist, music producer, artist, and vocal vixen. Born in Xanadu and living in LA, ready to scratch that itch in your brain. And hi, I'm Mandy, singer, actress, lover, born and raised in LA, ready to sprinkle a little magic everywhere I go. And welcome, welcome to, the, to Sonic the Sonic Chronic. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, where we <laughs> discuss the soundtracks and music of the most popular film titles of a year, and how they influenced or were influenced by the cultural and global buzz of that year. Who were its popular tastemakers and storytellers? And what was the frequency of that time? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And welcome, baby. This is episode three. Woo! And guess what? It's part one of episode three. And let's take you back. It's 1998. And, Shay, is, is that hair gel? <laughs> That's right. We are time warping all of you back to the year 1998. And our new format, that's why she was saying part one, is that each episode we would do a year. But we realized there were so many great movies or so many interesting titles to talk about in one year that we had to break it into two episodes. Yes. So we'll always have a part one and a part two of each year that we review. So this is 1998-1991, and what is that quote from? Hmm, do you You're guys recognize it? You're gonna figure it out soon, <laughs> we deep dive. Oh, that's right, one of the titles that we're doing, and I'm sure, I hope you saw it. Uh, it was an <laughs> iconic movie for that year. Um, but I'm excited, 1998, oh I'm thinking, we went from 2010 last episode, this is 25 years dialing it back. Well, when you put it that way. What the heck? That's a long time heck? ago. You were a little tadpole. I was just a little baby, a little eight-year-old. My just goodness. Little, you were just a little oh, Mandy. I was eight years old oh, in so elementary cute, school. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's awesome. So then these are the times that for you, you probably didn't see a lot of these titles in the theater. Probably. No, I didn't see these right. movies in the theater. <laughs> so, well, actually, no, they were popping, popping back then. Yeah. So I, I mean, a couple you might, maybe the one that that we might review. The second chance to dance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but for me, yeah, I'm a little older. And so, yeah, I actually saw most of these titles in the theater as well. Again, just so you know, to remind everybody about what we do in this show and, and why we pick the titles we do, we basically look at the top IMDb rated as well as top box office movies of that year. We're going to do a rundown of the most newsworthy moments of the year. And we like to kind of juxtapose what was going on during the whole world, the planet. And then what were people drawn to or interested in seeing? Is there any connection? Is yeah. there a theme going on there? So Let's some of the movies down. that were popular, I could see maybe I wasn't tuning into what everybody else was. I was kind of like, I don't know. Maybe mm. I was on the other side of the fence on a couple of them. But most of them, I think I was probably also. I was excited yeah. to deep dive with these yeah. titles. This is like they were hit. But before they we get hits. into that, let's go back to that time, Shay. Yeah, back. let's take everybody back. Happening. What was what? That was a while back. So let me remind you all. This was the year the Monica Lewinsky scandal was happening. Ooh. That's right. Bill Clinton, saxophone player. And this was like dominating the U.S. news, of course. And this was on all of our minds. And regardless of all the major stuff going on, we were all about Bill and Monica. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, okay, U.S. Americans. Then we also had a series of terrorist bombings in Kenya and Tanzania. That was actually happening, and that was targeting U.S. embassies. 
they killed over 200 people and injured thousands more. So that was really kind of the beginnings of our like a heightening of this terrorist idea and terrorist activity, how narrative was going. Mm. So think about some of the movies we're about to review, right, when Jeez, I say that. gosh. Then also, President, and I hope I don't butcher this name, Slobodan Milosevic. Perfect. Was indicted for <laughs> war crimes committed during the conflict in Kosovo. Ooh. So that was happening. And then India and Pakistan conducted nuclear tests, escalating tensions between the two countries. A lot of a lot war of games. War. war games. games. Tensions between, like, nations. Um, a lot of this posturing, and then finally, a more natural disaster kind of situation, a devastating earthquake in Afghanistan. Oof. It killed over 5,000 people and, and left thousands, tens of thousands homeless. So that was actually a devastating natural disaster event. But so think about that. There was a lot of like this political mm-hmm. war tension happening. Interesting, right? What an intense time that we were going through. That was global. But you know what I've remembered and realized based on one of the movies we're going to review is that it was also the time in the U.S. at least, the 90s decade was that decade of reality Reality television. television. (gasps) And was that because we were so disenfranchised with what was going on in our world that we were like, let's just tune out and watch other people's lives so that we (laughs) want to think about our own lives. I mean, we were obsessed, Mandy. Oh, my gosh. We were. And... A little bit of pop culture news around this time. Do you remember that MTV launched TRL that year? <gasps> yeah, oh like my gosh. taking it all the way back and that with was 98? that. I thought it was sooner that than was 98. That. Oh my god! And baby, one Weird. more time dropped. Britney Spears. Yo, yo, this that is was her big debut. Britney Spears. And then I remember being in elementary school and all of a sudden Apple drops this incredible, the iconic, revolutionary iMac computer. That was 98. That was 98. And do you remember all the different colors that came in? Oh, my God. That was was like (laughs) Steve Jobs, that whole kind of momentum with Apple was game changer in the industry. I just remember like going into the computer lab and always rushing to the pink one. <laughs> you wanted to play the all the games. It was so cool that you could pick a color. Yeah, it used to be so boring. And yeah. then, um, do you remember Furby dolls? Yes. Yo, it was that the, the year people were obsessed? They were uh, so obsessed, but also I had one and mine would talk to me at night without battery <laughs> shit. <laughs> They're all creepy. Why were people so obsessed? I didn't understand. I've never been obsessed with that stuff, though. That's the thing. I'm not the perfect person to talk about it. It was like, like, remember, like, the phenomenon with Beanie Babies? I don't know what year that was. Beanie Babies and then Cabbage Patch Dolls and all that. Oh, and the little, like, Tamagotchi. The little, oh, like, the little thing, the, little, the pet you know, thing the that pet? you fed. Yes. You're like, feed, feed. I'm pooping. <laughs> no, maybe it? it was a good thing for some people. Not At least to... it was in the 80s with the pet rock. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, on. that's sad. That is real sad. No, yeah. hey, Chia Pet was pretty cool, though. Chia. It made a comeback. Oh, yes. I remember the Chia Pet. Actually, those are microgreens. Those are actually pretty healthy. Of course, we weren't thinking that back then. They had like a Bob Ross Chia Pet. Right? <laughs> With his little afro. <laughs> I actually wanted to get, I think they're like rare finds now. Can you yeah. get a Bob Ross <gasps> Chia Pet head? I know what I'm getting you for your birthday. Oh my God, yeah. please. <laughs> I'm going to find one, yeah. If you do, I will be very happy. Like Ross and Marshall's like in the little Wait, like, like. Bob like, Ross? I don't know about the Bob Ross okay, one, okay. but I've definitely seen. Okay, I'm talking about seen... Bob Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to look. I'm going to track it down. Okay, okay. 
Not any chia right. pet. <laughs> no, no, but thinking about that apple, that's really interesting because that was the first time we started thinking, like prioritizing design mm. and saying how important that was, the user experience interface, how that made a big difference. And then like it was the rise of the iPhone and like this whole like school of I'm I, IO, I'm Apple, yeah. I'm PC user. Of course, Android cut up and all this stuff, but that was not for a while. It was almost like it was cool. Yeah. It was trendy. You were on it if you were an Apple user. Totally. Remember right? all the iPods and the different versions of it? I still have my big brick one. That's right. They set the, I mean, we had Sony Walkman before that, right? Yeah. Leaps and bounds. Suddenly you have this iPod. This was the thing that revolutionized music for mm-hmm. like holding music, listening to music. I mean, Napster didn't come around till what? 2004 or something like that? I don't know. But remember? Probably. That was like... For me, it was like mid- middle school days in LimeWire. I think that was like iPod killed the CD. Oh I think, my gosh! I think real. I think that was the killer of. I was thinking about that. Nobody listens to CDs anymore. And why did that phase out? Like, why did cars stop having CD players? You know, because it's like unlike vinyl records. Vinyl records, you have more real estate for cool art, right? And then you literally have a different kind of experience with the audio of a vinyl record versus you get a digital download off of Apple Music or iTunes at the time, and uh, it's the same as having the CD. Yeah. Except for it's a little bit more work and, you know, you're just burning it basically to put it on your iPod. Yep. I remember all that. What a mission just to do all that. It was such a (laughs) mission. But people were all, and you were making your playlists. Like that was the new day of a mixtape, a digital mixtape, right? Yes. But that came a little bit later though, right? It did? 98, I was still rocking the Walkman. And no, it took, it took a minute, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, it took a minute. I think maybe early 2000s. Early 2000s, That was the sure. beginning of that trend where Apple was like, they were stepping up their mm-hmm. game. I think that leaned into the trend of people loving having their own libraries of music that they could share and make playlists. I mean, that was before Spotify, yeah. making playlists on Spotify. Mm. And people love those mixtapes. Nobody's got cassette tapes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that was like a good replacement. But yeah, and that's the thing. There was a lot going on in terms of music. I mean, 90s era was like, awesome with music but what's interesting is unlike 2010 and i was saying this the last time i think that was just after 2000 and into like 2010 the end of the decade beginning of that next decade that's when individual artists that was starting to be partnered with these movies more but 98 was like scores film scores scores, yeah yeah, composition Mm. classic stuff where you're like using different kind of instrumentation to evoke emotion or like create that like drama or that feeling during certain scenes yeah but it really wasn't a lot of individual songs, right? Not a lot of lyrics in these movies with the songs. But yeah. Let's deep dive and let's start our. Shall we get into it? the let's actual titles? All right. So we are going to do it. Now, since we're doing this new format of. <laughs> we're still picking out of our box to pick the titles we review. So we're keeping it random. Mm-hmm. But we are picking a quote. Yes. And we're going to read the quote to you all and then (laughs) reveal the title. So, you want to pick first? Okay. Okay. Do it, Mandy. Do it. What's it going to be? Can you read my chicken scratch? (laughs) (laughs) Do you need help? Do you want me to read this one? You read it. Okay. I got air in my lungs, a few blank sheets of paper. I mean, I love waking up in the morning not knowing what's going to happen or who I'm going to meet or where I'm going to wind up. Wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> You're Jack Dawson. Yes! <laughs> From Titanic. Oh my gosh, everybody, I'm sure you know this movie. Uh, this, this movie. This was a iconic movie of that 
year for sure. And why else? From a musical standpoint, who was the diva of the day? Diva of the day is Miss Celine Dion. Yes. Dion with my heart will go on. And actually, right. today of all days marks the 25th anniversary of when she sang the song at the Academy Awards. What? Literally. That's why she sang it live. Yeah, she sang it live and blew everyone yes. out of the water with that. And... Um, Oh my gosh, what a beautiful, beautiful song. Even to this day, when I hear it, I, I still get the chills. Yes, and you know the thing about that song is it was so orchestral. It was so emotional and swelling and like the strings and her beautiful, strong vibrato. And it was just like not the typical pop song, you know what I'm saying? Not at all. And you know what? Um, James Cameron didn't even want this song to be a part of Titanic. He just didn't want any songs with lyrics in it. But when he actually heard the demo for it and the composer James Horner and lyricist Will Jennings and obviously Celine's iconic, angelic voice, he was like, yeah, we got to have that in Wait, there. Wait, so did they submit for it? They were just like, look, we want to be in this movie? Or did they solicit that from her? Because, I mean, she's major, so it's not like she's well, like an she unknown. she actually didn't want to do it. She was oh. kind of like nudged by her husband at the time to oh, do it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because she didn't really want to. She didn't want to be like, she was like, eh. Yeah, she was kind of over mm. it. She didn't want to She's the lead. She's like, I don't know. But good thing that she did because it gave her all Holy these Grammy cannoli. awards. And it was like the song of the year and song of the decade. And Wasn't it nominated for an Academy Award? The soundtrack. The soundtrack, yes. Well, or best the movie original. Oh, wait, I'm alone thinking of got one. like 14 nominations Academy Awards. Oh, my gosh, that's won, right. It won 11 Academy Awards. It won 11? Yes, and actually... Yeah, I believe that. I believe yeah. that. It was so... I mean, DiCaprio, this was his like his shining moment. Same with um Kate... Um, Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. Yeah, but the soundtrack was actually in the top... Uh, Billboard 100 for literally 16 weeks, and oh my it's God, it's one out right. of seven soundtracks to be certified diamond. So, oh my gosh, Tommy Mottola, who was the head of Sony at the time, he was like, "This is like the perfect tool for the movie because." Honestly, this movie is really long, as you know. It's long, and, and it's it, kind of like a... It wasn't really getting the buzz. Yes. But this song yes. made it. Tell me, <laughs> tell you what, this is what I'm talking about with the Sonic Chronic. This is what I'm saying. The song, that iconic song, it anchored your memory of mm. how emotional and wonderful and heartfelt you felt, mm. right? And so now you're like, oh my God, I want to see it again, or you telling your friends. And this is how the movie got traction, I think, that kept staying week after week after week. It's because the movie music and like this connection with a really famous amazing artist yes and it just was like it's almost like that's what we remember when we remember movies is we remember the emotion speaking right? of the weeks and weeks and weeks this actually the movie was released december 97 but it was still in right. theaters until september 98 and it's literally the first movie to accomplish that that's, it, it was we just, talked about we that because we were that. thinking, oh, shoot, this says 97, but it actually was charting yeah. in 98. And Celine Dion was number one yeah, on and, the Billboard. And this was the number one movie in the so, country that year. So. Major, major. So, Speaking of the movie, let's yeah. just talk about that for a second. Don't you love yes, Titanic and the I love do. story? You know, <laughs> I was never really drawn to, I don't know, maybe this says something about me, but never really drawn to like the idea that it was like this love story, per se. It was more about, like, I thought the story itself was interesting. It was almost like a story for me of like 
Well, it's a true story, not it's the a love true story. story That's but, what I like about that. Yeah, I liked how they made it the true story. They probably made it a little bit more like romantic and a little Hollywood. Yes, from the real story. But I love that. I always love stories. <laughs> I'm just a sucker for based on true events, right? Yeah. And but I also thought it was such a reflection of it was speaking to classism. I liked how they kind of brought that out a little bit, and then I loved his spirit about like it doesn't matter your wealth or your class, like mm. what kind of person you can be and choose to be. I actually like that. Yeah. And how we show up for each other. That was the takeaway I got from it. I like that. Yeah. You know, a couple fun facts about this movie. Everyone, I mean, I don't think the movie would be the same without Kate and Leo, right? Yeah, they were, they had good chemistry. Did you think? Oh, incredible chemistry. Even in the other movies that they did, like Revolutionary Road and I can't think of the other ones. Yeah, that's right. Good call. Imagine this movie with Gwyneth Paltrow and Matthew McConaughey because they were the first choices. No way. Yep. They why were didn't, why didn't that Cameron, happen? But just things fell through later on and didn't work out. But it <laughs> I feel like it would have been a different movie with them in it. But I can't think of a young Matthew McConaughey because, like, DiCaprio was younger. Oh, yeah. He was kind of part of the charm of his character. This was 98, so they were all very young. <laughs> I guess so, but, like, McConaughey is just, like, has an older vibe. Yeah. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Maybe it's his, his ex. He's more, like, rugged. Yeah, he's more rugged rather than boyish. But, yeah, no. And actually, Gwyneth Paltrow, mm. I feel like there's something kind of lovely about Kate Winslet in a way of her, like, she can almost give off, like, this wildness. Hmm. And She's a chameleon of an actress. Yes, too. and I think that's what it was needed in this role because, like, the the older woman, truly, who survived and was telling the story, she was breaking out of her comfort zone. She was, like, realizing this, like, he was bringing out that in her, mm. you know, even though she, her classism or her, like, you know, what her upbringing was in her family, it's like, and it was kind of reminding her of her, almost like the fact that she's just like him. Like, she has the same spirit. I'm so glad, obviously, it was a raging success, but I feel like she really embodied that, really. She fought very very hard for this role. She wanted oh, it. After see? her audition, she Good sent James Cameron roses and was like, from your rose, you know? <laughs> she really wanted it. You know what? I couldn't imagine. Talk about power else. of manifestation. That's mm-hmm. it. That is it. You know, and I bet you she knew. Maybe she really resonated with the story. Yeah, she knew she could give a powerhouse performance for oh, sure. Man. Oh, man. And the ending, you know, where everyone hates is about how, like, she didn't share the door. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she's all like, <laughs> she's all like, Jack, Jack, scooch over. <laughs> well, to settle this debate, okay. James Cameron actually said, look, it's very simple. You read page 147 of the script and it says, Jack gets off the board and gives his place to her so that she can survive. It's that simple. So if the director says that's how it's going to be, then that's how it's going to be. Right. So, I didn't, I didn't take it. it that way. Was there people just, thinking it came off that way? I mean, everyone says, like, girl, you could have shared that. <laughs> Come on. But it's just showing who Jack was. He yeah. Was and honestly, I think if sh- they shared the board, and maybe I, that's why it was speaking to him sacrificing himself, essentially, and not letting her in on it because she wouldn't have agreed to it. But if they both shared the board, they'd both be hanging in the water. They both would have died. Mm. So he was just like, at least one of us will survive. Yeah. And I thought that was really romantic. If you're talking about romance. So romantic. That's romantic. So that's romantic. Well, that's like selfless love. And uh, that's amazing. And, and they don't even know. And that's the other thing. They didn't know each other. So it's almost like you can have a love for someone. You can have a love for people instantly. You mm. know, I love that message as well. Love at first sight. 
And may you know maybe that does exist. I think we got a little cynical, I think so. but you know maybe not the romantic love Hollywood poses, but real kind of unconditional love. That's rare and awesome when you encounter that. So hey, and maybe that's what she always had. What a wonderful thing to take away, even though it's bittersweet. Yeah, she had someone love her like that. That's pretty cool. It's it's so awesome that this is the 25th anniversary of this incredible movie, oh, which is like timing. one of the best movies ever made, honestly. And Actually, there's a Titanic exhibition in L.A. My mom just went and took my grandpa. What? <laughs> yes, and you can literally go what and... Is, what um, is the exhibition? You embark on this tour. It's an immersive recreation of the ship's interior and exterior design. Okay. And you can explore real artifacts and just like... Oh. You actually, you take the name of a real passenger too and at the end you get to see if they survived or not. It's like this oh. whole thing and, you know, they're real, real people. Real people and... I think it'll be going on until April. So by the time y'all are listening to this, it'll be April, but maybe you can still catch it. I'll have to see if I can catch it and check it out. That's interesting. And actually, the movie's in theaters, too, right now. Oh, they're re-screening it? They remastered it in 3D, remastered 4K. Fun to see it on the big screen. If you can do it, catch it on the big screen. That's such a fun experience that people, I think we missed out on, especially going through the pandemic and like, you know, some people are like, oh, I just watched it on my TV and maybe they have a big screen at home. That's fine. But it's not the same as going to the theater and like seeing it on that big screen. Yeah. I mean, there's some movies that it just really immerses you. You know what I mean? I would do it. Go watch it again. Do it. Go feel the love. <sighs> Amongst the coats my dreams, Yes. I see you. I feel you. <laughs> oh, I just I wanna now I just wanna stand up and reach out across the bo- what is yeah. it? Starboard? Bow? Starboard. What is it called? Nobody can see us right now. Our arms are out. Our arms are out. We're literally at the tippy top We're of the We're doing snow angels in the air. We're like, Jack! Jack it's so back. wonderful, Jack. <laughs> is that an iceberg? <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Um, also, that was actually really interesting to talk about how that actually was a big shift in the industry. The fact that they understaffed the lifeboats and some things like they were just like, it can never sink. You know, they basically yeah. were underprepared. It could have been avoided. It definitely All those could deaths could have been avoided. Even if somebody was drunk and fell asleep and, you know, whatever happened for them to hit that iceberg, it's like they were not prepared for emergency exit. Gosh, so, and that changed the industry standards of what they had to do for ships and things going forward. So there was something there. At least we learned a little bit our lesson. Mm-hmm. The ship of dreams, the biggest of its kind. Yeah. Just went under. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so shall we vote? Let's vote. I mean, I wonder what we're thinking. Most of <laughs> it's obviously you guys can tell how we feel, but we do like to share the facts about the music and the score and also just like the story and all that stuff. But I just think it's a wonderful to see how much that is so impactful with people still. Mm-hmm. That particular movie. Even right now, there's an exhibit. It's in That's what theaters. I'm saying. There's, well, it's the 25th anniversary. I wonder why, though. But like, wonder why certain movies just hit you in the keep feels. coming back. But maybe it was what I was saying. I got out of it that sentiment. I think that is a forever sentiment that will always be timeless. Mm-hmm. To like show unconditional love or you know show up for people. I think maybe that's reemerging for us right now. It's what we need. It's what we need. All right, so what's our vote on this one? we got to think of good uh, ratings. You're good at this. Oh, gosh, I'm on the spot. Okay. Okay. Is it going to float? (laughs) (laughs) Is that too basic? All right, let me think of something. Okay, something else. Um, Is it unsinkable Hmm. or fish food? Oh, what's that mean? (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. Well, one, one two, two, three. Unsinkable. Oh my God! Of course. <laughs> I mean, it's not really, but to us, it is. You know, there was a real Jack Dawson on the real boat. Is that why they used his name? No. Cameron found out about that after they filmed, but there was a real Jack Wait, Dawson. But how did they come up with the name? It's coincidence. A little quinky dink. No. A little tidbit. Fact, yes, they and were actually, picking up on frequencies on that one. Jack Dawson's grave is always populated with flowers, very popular. But yeah, that's a little fun fact. Another fun fact. Wait, you know didn't when, she say his name was Jack Dawson? Because isn't she the woman? Didn't she say yeah, in telling but her story? That's isn't the woman not true? That story, the love story, is not true. Oh, I'm confused. We gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, because James Cameron didn't know about a Jack Dawson. Oh, well, that's still pretty cool. All right, okay. Chase. So it's my turn to pick. Your okay. turn. All right, here we go. Here we go. And wait, hold on. This is because we're going really tightening up this episode. But this is second chance to dance. This is our second chance to dance segment title that we picked. And let's reveal. Let's reveal. Drum roll. Oh, it's my turn because I didn't read it. I want to go next. <laughs> but I want it now. <laughs> want All right, so you go ahead and pick. Okay. Yes, do it. Okay. What you got? In case you haven't noticed, Winston, baby, I'm old enough to be your mother, okay? Oh! <laughs> I know what that is. What is that? How Stella got her groove. Oh, yes! <laughs> this is Angela Bassett. In case you haven't noticed, Winston, baby, I'm old Baby. enough to be your mother. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's when she was in the pool. Remember? And he was all like flirting with her, trying to oh be on it. And my. she's like, really? And he's like, really? And she's like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> how Stella got her That This was a fun one for me to rewatch. Actually, this was the first time I was really seeing it from start to finish. But I wanted to give it the love. I remember thinking I was bummed. I didn't see it in theaters or whatever. But this also was really cool because it was kind of groundbreaking of like the lead characters and like in fact you know Angela Bassett, awesome yes, and goddess, Tate Diggs, Whoopi Tate Goldberg, Diggs, oh my god, Regina King, looking good. A lot of those actors that weren't like usually like mainstreaming it in the movies. And then of course the soundtrack and the music mm. was cool because it was like a whole genre. Was it Terry Lewis? Yes. Yeah, so the producers were Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, yeah, Janet Jackson, even Wyclef Jean did some music on That's this. That's right. But um, it actually was mainly R&B and hip hop, yes. a little bit of reggae in there. It was good. It was on the Billboard charts for three. They had three number ones on the top Billboard charts. Out of that soundtrack. Out of that soundtrack. And it was certified gold in 98. Yeah. One of the singles, do you remember it was by Shaggy? It's the Love Me, Love Me, Love, love Me. It, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yes. the oh. I'm gonna be so never ever ever gonna let you go. Which they sampled Once by Rose Royce. On you. But Shaggy and Janet did that, and that was yes. produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry, obviously. And you could tell it had that vibe. It totally I, I was had obsessed that vibe. with Janet Jackson and Rhythm Nation, so I was kind of <gasps> yes. like, uh, it just brought me back. It was nostalgic. Yes, it was such a great album, and I mean. Anything Terry and Jimmy Jam yeah. touch is gold. Yes, they have a flavor, a unique vibe, for sure. I mean, for them to have 16 number ones on the Billboard charts in, like, the last three decades, yo. Yeah. They're killing it. Yeah. Fun fact, Shay. Fun fact. Fun. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Once I performed and I was in a, like, a 
kind of American Idol type contests. And okay, Terry Lewis was one of the judges, and I had to what? sing "Rolling in the Deep" by Adele, and I was so nervous oh, considering oh, like who I'm performing for, right? Right. And I did my thing, whatever. And by the time I was done, he was like, "Well, well, well, Amanda September, so you're just the whole package, huh?" And I said, "Oh my gosh, thank you." Wait, what? Yes, but I'm like, sign uh, me though. <laughs> But like, Put your money go? where your mouth is. <laughs> right. Wait, so wait, was that for? It was that. It was like an audition, or no? no? It was actually at a birthday party, and oh. they just had this like cool contest going on because oh, they fun. a lot of the guests were artists, and yeah, they knew because you, you were you were youngie. So. I was young. Yeah, I was so Aww, young. What a nice compliment! Oh my gosh, yes, I was just like, wow, this is like an idol. For oh them my to say god, that. It was just a really it's nice like, moment for me, but. Anyhow, yeah, going back to the movie. Yeah, I love that fun fact. <laughs> fun um, little fact. Well, you know, that's the other thing. I loved the vibe. I mean, we were still coming along. It's 1998. We're not totally female empowered yet. You know, we're still starting to turn the tide. But I feel like how Stella got her groove back, it was the beginning of Hollywood allowing women to explore their sexuality confidently Mm. as women who are career women, but also women who are just human beings who can have a family, who can have a career, who can have a lover or not have a lover. And I love that they approached that because it was kind of taboo because he's he was a youngling. She was in her forties. She's in her forties. He, was, was he wasn't even twenty one. He was just twenty. Just twenty. Years boy, old. Was he a, like a suave twenty year old? That's he what was you want with his little he was, accent. <laughs> I know. Accent. And but he was smooth. Like the way he approached her and how he handled. He wasn't immature. You know. Like I mean, there was moments where she was kind of like, uh, you know. But I loved how it evolved and it was trying to be realistic. It was talking about. <laughs> how like the friends were like what the hell are you doing cradle robbing and all that yeah. stuff and she had to kind of overcome some of that too because she was a very successful business person very successful yeah. yeah she just went on this vacation and they happened to meet yeah there and- she was just trying to take a vacation take some time off and was just, not expecting it you just never know when love's gonna find you, you. don't know and, but she was a little kind of like had her wall up but then she's yeah. like all right all right and then when she got back am i are we spoiling do we say no. okay it's fine so then she ends up it was one of these things where she was like at a, i don't know was she a stockbroker no she did something like that in yeah. the corporate world mm-hmm. and but she was like up there sea level right and they were like sorry you were gone too long we're gonna replace you we had some merger happen and and she was like really so then she just kind of was like fine you know i'm gonna do my thing and i guess she always wanted to do furniture making that was yeah. the little thing <laughs> she he basically brought her back to herself it was one of those deals and it was like it was she really cute back. i want to say so there was a friend in it that i <laughs> forgot she was in it because she was in her heyday during this time mm. was Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. Really fun, comedic best friend. She slayed it in this movie. She was so funny. Yeah. I wasn't expecting the narrative because it, it was a long movie. It was over two hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was like almost like you thought, oh, it's just a simple story. She finds a young dude and decides blah, blah, blah. But there was like, it was more. It kind of took you on a journey and there was other things at play. And so, you know, what did you think about that? I loved it. For me, it didn't feel so long just because I was just so invested and just like just loving the story. Yeah. So it kind of went by fast for being so long. But for also, sure, for sure. um, it was based off of a book by Terry McMillan. 
It Hostel was based off of a book. She also That's wrote why. Waiting to Exhale. That same. Yes. She wrote these two books. Yes. So which is an, another amazing movie. And yeah. That's the other thing. Angela Bassett's also in that movie. There is, it, yes, she is. To and, your point, it was around this time where they were finally allowing women to talk about their sexuality and their relationships yes. and just have these like leading and, roles. And not only just women, but older women. Older There's women. There's a stigma yeah. around once you get to a certain age around your beauty, your value, all the things. Plus with people of color. Mm-hmm. Plus like showing the beauty of like people you're not usually seeing on the silver screen. Mm-hmm. You know, and those kind of dynamics and relationships. And yeah, I thought that was really interesting because when movies are based on books, I don't know, tell me if you agree, is that a lot of times I feel like you can almost tell because the way it's story told, mm. you can almost tell it's like from the narrative of how the book does it mm. versus a straight up, you know, film script. You get what I'm saying at? It's yeah. almost like how, you know how she would voice over and tell her emotions? Yeah. That's a very book tell to that me. That is a very, yeah, Don't you think? A- Totally. <laughs> and thankfully, Terry McMillan got to be a part of the screenplay. So okay. so that's probably why I also felt more like the book, too, because she played a huge role in that. So I loved it. I loved it, too. And normally, I don't like when they do that. I don't like when they like do the narration because I'm like, all right, we're not dummies. Just like, we're, <laughs> like we assume certain things, just act it out. But I appreciated, maybe it was because Angela Bassett. She's so good at that stuff. She's so good. I uh, love Anything she touches. Gold. You know when I really fell in love with her? as an actor was What's Love Got to Do With It. Ooh, don't she get me started channeled, on that. And I felt like I was watching Tina Turner. Yo. Good. I want her Goodness. arms. Angela Bassett's her arms. Body is like her banging. body is like banging. Even to this day. I'm seriously. <laughs> I'm like, so she beautiful. had like a four pack. You know that in this movie. Yeah. Like and she had her bangs. She's like, K-k-k-. I was like, girl, get out of here. And she's supposed to be a 40 year old woman in this looking like a supermodel. I of mean, the world. seriously. She's like, so amazing. Anyway, so yeah, I think that's probably why I also appreciate it because there's something about her energy. Even if there's a little weakness in the dialogue, maybe. Even the cliche stuff, she still made it work. I don't mm-hmm. know. She is so good at making it feel real and believable. Well, she's just a phenomenal actress yeah. and woman and role model and queen of our hearts. Yes, that's a great <laughs> way to wrap Bassett it up. Angela Bassett is queen. So what do we think? Oh, what do we think? Okay, so obviously I it took me back to Janet Jackson days and I love to see diversity in our theaters. And of course, I love the story, female protagonist, mm. female empowerment energy, getting yes. what you deserve in, in the way of like love and just all the things. So what is our rating system for this? <laughs> Hostella got her Was back. it a... Was it Jamaican McCrazy? <laughs> <laughs> Jamaican McCrazy um, in a good way. Or... Oh. Just take me home. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. Okay, so you making me crazy or just, just take me home? <laughs> and we say... Jamaican me crazy. crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I want to go. With that Tay Diggs. I want to go on vacation. I need some sun. Me too. That movie made me want to just go. And her house, hello. Her house is beautiful. It was, excuse me. Like, I was like, okay, all these windows into my forest of, like, dreams. And she was all just like, yeah, this is my humble abode. For real. You know he was loving that. When he came to the house, he's like, oh, damn, I'm set up. Mm -hmm. I'm a kept man. Remember when she was like, I found Cocoa Puffs in the bed the other night. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, Winston. (laughs) Playing your video games. I found the Cocoa Puffs in the bed. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my gosh, she went off. And don't like be started about the trash. <laughs> right. I was like, oh no, she read him to filth. Okay. All right. So what's our next title? Is it you me or you? It's me. Okay. What's it gonna be? Like what's two. it gonna be? What's it gonna be? You don't have to put a gun to my head to get me to do nice things for my friends. Oh. Ooh, what am I talking about? You don't have to put a gun to my head to get me to do nice things. It could for also be friends. in the same universe as. Is that hair gel? Another classic, another wonderful rom com. That's right. With our faves. Ben Stiller, Cameron Diaz, Matt Dillon. Woo! It was an all-star cast. All-star cast. That's when... Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. That's when he was, like, having a heyday, like, you know... Popping on, out all it, the Was hits. it Zoolander time? That was around Zoolander time and all the things like that. You know, when certain actors suddenly, it's like they're everywhere, you know, yes. and, like, they're collaborating. And he's also, like, a lot of comedic actors, they collaborate with a lot of different... Same people, like, what's his name with the nose? Um, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, like... People like that, or even just like Matt. Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon. Like, he's actually really funny. He's so funny in yeah, this. He yeah, he was playing a comedic role, which was unexpected. And of course, um, Cameron Diaz was bomb.com in that movie. I didn't remember how, like, hotty oh, she yeah. was. Oh, yeah, she was a little hotty back in this Seriously, that was, was before the so beautiful. Uh, is, Charlie's but Angels, but no, she was, was like. This was in her heyday, like, woo! Yes, and like. Totally, like, natural, too. She was all like, I don't have any makeup on, and I'm just, like, gorgy. <laughs> With her, like, piercing blue eyes. I'm like, what is happening? This is such a fun movie. Basically, it's like, he's a little nerd in high school. Yes! Going after oh, my this God. popular, beautiful girl. Right. Well, she, like, takes a liking to him. and yeah, she, she has, really liked him for him. Yeah, she yeah. has a um, disabled brother. Warren. That she's very fond of and, like, you know, is really important to her. And so, from the jump, he always, like, he kind of defended him in a, a scene or whatever and he mm-hmm. was just kind of like this nerd but he was totally didn't think she would ever oh and yeah. she was the one who approached him and like invited him to prom and all mm-hmm. that yeah she was all about it do you know that chris farley was supposed to play warren they were like thinking about him to play warren no yeah but unfortunately he passed away during the time of filming what yeah so he would have played that they were they were thinking about it they were hoping that that would I'm route, trying to imagine that, and wow, because like he was such a well-known. I wonder if he would have upstaged them. Maybe. I wonder if it would have gone different. Because think about it, he's like a, was an acting oh, powerhouse. Yeah. He was like the funniest man, like alive comedic, at the time. like yeah. physical comedy. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh my gosh, interesting fact. And Cameron Diaz and Matt Dillon were dating at the time in real life. Did you they know were? that? Mm-hmm. Maybe next time you watch it, you could see oh that. Oh, my God. So I can see how that might happen, especially without those awful teeth that he put <laughs> in. But here's the thing. How about let's talk about the music, the Ooh, soundtrack. That's yes. what's really interesting about this one. And by the way, this was charting. I think this one is well known, and this is holds the test of time. Mm-hmm. Watching it again, it was just as funny and charming to me. Yeah. But remember, everybody remembers if you saw it, or even if you didn't see it, you probably saw memes or whatever, but of this classic dude walking around with an acoustic guitar. Yep. And his friend who played drums wherever he could find, you know, sticks to bang on something. And they were singing a little tale about Mary. There's something And it was kind of, that's right, something about Mary. And it would kind of like segue into a couple scenes or kind of have commentary in between scenes. And it was just a really interesting first time it's been done that I know of. 
Well, actually, that guy is Jonathan Richman of the Modern Lovers. He had this hit band in the 70s, and he's actually the pioneer for punk rock music. Oh, my God. That's so that? cool. And amazing. that makes he sense. He because... away for punk music. But he was playing folky acoustic music. And honestly, like, I can see now that that makes a lot of sense. That's, first of all, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. But, like, punk music, not saying you don't have to be able to sing well, but, like, <laughs> he, he was not a singer-songwriter. Right. Put it that way. It was a little questionable. Almost to the point where you thought it was intentional for yeah. him not to sing very well. But it really kind of, they actually ended up integrating them into the scene at the very end. Remember? Yes. It's really and he's funny. singing and then like yeah. he gets shot. Yes. Like, you know, I just found out that that was actually intended to be Ted, the one that gets shot and dies after. Ted who? Ted, Ben Stiller. Ted, his oh. role. That it, they actually wrote it for Ted to be the one to get shot at the end when he finally Wait, gets they married. they were going to kill him? They were going to kill him, but then they were like, nah, I'm that's so a glad they dark. chose wisely. <laughs> <laughs> that was too dark. Was After too everything, dark. I do not like when movies do that because, listen, it's tough enough for me to watch when there's like, you know when movies have that kind of comedy where it's like the hero is kind of struggling. There's always something like the, the mop comes up and hits him in the nose when he's trying to get it. <laughs> or, you know, something and you're Slaps just like, ah! And it's yeah. almost like frustrating to watch. You're waiting for that payoff. You're waiting for like, oh, they didn't go through that for nothing. Right. So if they killed him off at the end, people would have been like, <laughs> you, what are you doing? But that's just that like, funny slapstick comedy that the Ferrelli brothers yeah. have, like Dumb and Dumber and Shallow Hell. You have to King have King. some like, reward, though. Like, yeah. that would be messed up if they just <laughs> killed him off after it, all that. Yeah. I mean, the famous scene in the beginning when he, well, the premise is that, like, you know, he was invited to prom. He was, like, this nerd with braces, blah, blah, blah. And she was super sweet, and he was sweet, too. And he shows up to the house, pick her up, and the the whole spin of the story is that, like, they didn't get to go to prom because no, of, a, of a, a very <laughs> bizarre and embarrassing accident and then what happened was he felt like she was the one that got away so he basically like wanted to find out what she was doing you know where yeah. she was like that's how it kind of began and he hired somebody to kind of locate her but he, he tried he basically betrayed him and then it was just like a funny story of course but like they ended up reconnecting so it was just really fun yeah it was a great story yeah speaking of that crazy scene about the zipper accident mm. it was based off of a true story that the Farrelly brothers it was yeah their parents <gasps> actually had to deal no. with a kid in their house with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, how funny. Yeah, I'm like imagine that actually getting, happened. Every time I watch the movie, I'm like, yo, zipper, that, that can't be real. But it, it can't was, be real. It was real. First of all, not only that, but they gave us the satisfaction of a close-up shot. <laughs> I know. And I actually love that they did Frank's that. Frank's beans. He's <laughs> like, wait, how are the beans on top of the Frank? <laughs> But it was kind of amazing that they actually showed it instead of just making it up in our minds. Yeah. That other scene with the hair gel. Oh, my God. That almost didn't make it. They actually thought that might be too over the edge. but then That it wasn't going to make it? Yeah, but during the screening, they got a lot of laughs. They're like, okay, we'll keep it in there. But That's ugh. funny. I feel like that was funnier than the cut in the things. <laughs> and the thing is, scene. like, how funny where they were. <laughs> I was watching, like, there's so many, like, screen grabs of her hair. Like, that's so, <laughs> so iconic, that moment. I'm glad they didn't cut it. Um, it's such a great film. But and it, it was nominated for a Golden Globe. Yeah, I was going to say, what about the soundtrack? Picture. I mean, the soundtrack was actually a, kind of an exception to the rule I was saying with the other movies in 98. It did have individual songs, you mm-hmm. know. There were a couple that fell flat. There were a couple that were like, you know, it was it was kind of songs of the time. Like, that was like the popular genre of that time. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't so much scoring. It was it was, it more, was all about songs. That, that famous song. Songs. Why do you feel me up? It, that was 
was the end. Remember? Buttercup. That's right. And remember, there was a little dancing montage with all the actors at the very end in the credits. It was really fun. And Woogie with all his shoes. Woogie. And who is that actor? That is Chris Elliott. And it was actually his idea to have his skin be all crazy and have the obsessed with Mary's shoes. That was like his own improvisation. That's funny. That is funny. He's like quirky. He's very like a Tom Green vibe. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, Tom Green. Remember? throwing it back too. It's almost like you don't know. It's like you're not sure what they might do. They're that kind of actor where you're like, because you know they're going for it but then like yeah everybody was pretty good and, and it was very slapsticky yeah but they did it well the story itself was cute and yeah I thought the music was fun and it was a sign of the times with you know it was like lighthearted very lighthearted and very kind of storytelling and folky you know so that was kind of fun and like it's just a feel good movie it was it, feel it good it always delivers every time I rewatch it it's just like and, okay. and and everybody remembers it. Mm-hmm. It was it was a memorable movie. So yeah. Um, when, did you say in terms of any awards or did any of the songs chart or was it just like the soundtrack did it do anything or was it kind of like more well, about the, just the, the overall movie? The main thing about that was just that Jonathan Richmond was a part of it and he actually mm-hmm. wrote "There's Something About Mary," the mm-hmm. main song, and had a couple different artists in there. But right. This Sarah Silverman was in it. I totally forgot she was one of the friends. I know. And she, had, she, she was, was a small so part. But that was the beginning, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, you didn't even get a, a glimpse of her vibe because <laughs> it was like just like a friend, you know? I feel like, did we even know who she was at that point yet? Was she Sarah no. Silverman? Yet? Was she on SNL? Like, how did she come up as a comedian? Then she had her own shows. Yeah, on she had Comedy her own Central. shows. Awesome. Remember, we I went to a show. We yes, the Largo. Yeah. Oh, my God. So Sarah fun. and Friends. Oh, my God. So good. This was a movie where I feel like, yeah, while things were tense in the world, it was like we were needing a little bit of like a fun, kind of lighthearted giggle, a little slapsticky, mm-hmm. kind of relationshipy, kind of fun thing. I mean, it was kind of like not super believable, but it was like, you know, it was just kind of fun. I mean, little things like the dog and like, oh my gosh, the, the, the mom the dog or the friend. <laughs> What did they give it? I hated they gave it. It, it was like, like, well, first he gave it something to like make it pass out, and then it almost died. And then they the next time it was speed. Yeah, the dog was like, and, going and the crazy. woman, old woman, and she's all back at me. She's like, <laughs> like she's all. They're like, can we help you? Oh my gosh! <laughs> so Magda, anyway, yeah. All right. So okay, what's our what vote? Do we say, is it a? Is it a build you up, Buttercup? Or is it a? Beans in the zipper. Oh, <laughs> ouch. Uh, okay, so build me a buttercup or beans in the zipper. Ouch. <laughs> ouch. Ouch. I think it's a... I think it was a build me a buttercup. It was a fun movie. It was fun. So, you know, here, to us it was. And, and maybe some, some people thought maybe it was too sugary sweet. Maybe it was too goofy. And, over top. and that's what I'm saying. There's a balance when it comes to slapstick and their vibe. Because yeah. sometimes you can go too far and you're kind of like, you're not laughing out loud. You're kind of like giggling, but then you're like, okay. <laughs> you like know? For that time and that era, I feel I like think that's what the, the 90s. movies were. The 90s, 90s. Were just that like Dumb and Dumber, yes, Kingpin, Fever Pitch. Yeah, oh my like, God. All King, these, yes, like, you're movies. right. Very... It was this like almost leaning towards grotesque. Yeah, like, cringy. Slapstick humor. Yeah. And then it would kind of. Couldn't kinda... get away with a lot that we got away with back then. We were <laughs> a little bit, yeah, it, it definitely had a frat boy kind of like <laughs> prankster, <laughs> prankster vibe going on. But yeah. It was fun for the moment, and I, but I 
still think it held the test of time. I still felt it was fun to watch again. I, I would watch it. Sometimes movies are like, ooh, that was inappropriate. <laughs> like when you watch it later and we've changed. But this one was like, no, it was still still worked. Because yeah. it was actually, it did have some like really redeeming qualities about the characters, especially Ben Stiller. Mm-hmm. They were And Mary, they were actually sweet people. And their chemistry on screen is just great. It is good. It was, it was very sweet. I agree. All right. Okay. So you get to pick All our right. final title. Final. Let's reveal. Let's reveal. Drum roll. We accept the reality of the world with which we were presented. It's so simple as that. How about this? In case I don't see you, good afternoon, <gasps> good evening, and good night. Truman Show. Show. Oh my gosh, The Truman Show. Yes, I loved this movie and I saw it in the theaters and I thought, how freaking groundbreaking. Also, obsessed with Jim Carrey. Obsessed with Jim Carrey. He was the perfect for this role. I mean, he was always known for Pet Detective and Dumb and Dumber, Goofy Goofies. Yeah. And this was the first time he started going into, and then since then, he has amazing, like, more serious roles that are fantastic. This was the beginning of that. It was Mm -hmm. almost like thought-provoking, beautifully executed. Original storytelling on screen. Yes. It was emotionally engaging, witty, dramatic. Just yes. all around. And here's the one where it was interesting because the premise of this is that this production company or network actually adopted a child a and, baby. and raised this child, Truman, on a reality TV show, full 24-7 live 30 TV years show. of his life. 30 years of his <laughs> life. And basically owned him. Mm-hmm. There were so many kind of like human rights issues going on here. Oh there were so many like controversial things, but ethical issues. But it was like, you know what I think it was speaking to, which I appreciate now looking back even more realizing it. Remember how I said in the 90s, we were obsessed with reality television yeah, shows. And we were just, remember how they would show how people would cut to people watching his moments when he was going through it mm-hmm. and like how they would just like forget about their life and just yeah. be stuck like and zombies. they've been watching him for 30 years. His whole life they've been right. watching Right, and him. not living their lives right. but living this. And so it was kind of like I thought they were making a remark on that where they were saying this is how we were not realizing and seeing our being self-aware about our obsession with watching other people's lives, like yeah. living vicariously through other people. And also this other idea of like not really thinking twice about, hey, is this a violation of privacy? Massive. 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 Think about it, like how we're like, we don't want the government looking in on us and telling us what to do. We don't want the da 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 And here, these are the books you can read and these are things. This is exactly what we were, they were doing to Truman. And everybody was okay with it because they were like, oh, this is interesting. It's like a soap opera. Speaking to the music then, Mm. I thought how clever the music was, the music of how people, the, you know, the director was trying to create, evoke emotion. And it was almost very soap opera, right? Very drama. It was very swelling strings in the moment where he like reunites with his dad. And Mm. he was an actor, but to him, he thought it was real. And it's like to him, everything was all he ever knew. Yeah. It was beautifully composed by Dalwitz, Philip Glass, and Mm -hmm. Killar. And so right. he wanted people to cry and feel the emotion. People yeah. were like, oh, my God. Ed Harris was phenomenal in this. He's the he's the guy who's basically like the creator the of the creator show. The creator of the show. He's the one who it was almost like he was acting like a father figure to him. He felt like Truman's He felt father. like it. But it was creepy. I was thinking at the very end when he was saying that to him, but when he was about to leave and yeah. figured it out. And he's all like, I watched you when you did it. And I'm thinking, cringy creeper. Yeah. I was like, ew, you watched me. Like, literally, he had no privacy. Think about the things you do. Even with his Think about wife, the things you do in life. He thinks he's 
is his wife. Like, she's not even... She was a paid actor. Paid, everyone was a paid actor. But what's crazy in the beginning, too, about, like, how the actors, they were interviewing them, and it's like, they were also bought into this idea. They thought they were, like, part of this. That was their life, too. Right. What they didn't realize is they committed themselves. That was their life. Right. And they and they were like, oh, well, I'm just acting. But no, you're not. No. And, and the guy grew up with him. His best friend grew up with him. Mm-hmm. So everybody else was in the bubble, that, too. That scene with the best friend, it was a little heartbreaking because it's like... It was. Because you can tell there was some truth to it. to him either because yeah. he loves Truman, but... The but then he time, lied. He did lie. It's like straight up lied. Straight up lied. So I would never lie to you. <laughs> like that. And I was like, dude. Bro. I was having cringy moments. And then uh. even just like how sweet and innocent Jim Carrey played these moments. Remember they would put him up on a, like a picture in picture mm-hmm. when he was doing something boring, let's say. And then they would run like, let's talk about the Truman Show. So this season, you know, and then they're like talking and like, here he is. And he's just eating his breakfast. He's and it's like this eating, sweet, innocent no. face. And remember the love interest where she was trying to like help him understand what was yes, going on. Nice. And they got rid of her. They got rid of her quick. But she was a muse to him. He remembered that one moment and that was his motivation to break out. He literally had no pictures of her, just this memory and a sweater, Aww. and he would like he pieced cut out, together piece pictures. together like the oh eyes God, and so lips sweet. from magazines to try to recreate Each day. her in his mind. And, uh, and so he used beautiful. that as his inspiration to like have courage because he had a fear of the water, which was messed up, no. that they made him believe his father died and drowned. He could have had some major trauma. Especially when the father came lucky? back yeah. randomly when he's 30 years old. Yeah, he just, tried to like, he basically like was like I want to get back on set and was like a bum and he's like wait I recognize you Aren't and they're like shit we gotta, we gotta like write him back in how yeah. messed up is that because you don't know he could have turned out like horribly he could have all kinds of issues he could have been a serial killer really? like what they did to him you know what I'm saying it's one of the Playing greatest God. films of our time. It's definitely really worth watching. It, a winner of a Golden Globes, many Golden Globes, actually. Jim Carrey won his Golden Globe for this. Oh, that's Best right. Actor. I remember that. Yeah. Best performance by an actor by Ed Harris. Was there anything noteworthy about the soundtrack? I mean, I know it was more orchestral. It was more film scorey, But, like, that's the other thing. It was so cool because it was like we were watching it, but then they would cut to an audience in the movie watching it. And so it was very, like, this meta moment of, like, they were hearing that music, too. Yeah, well, Philip Glass cool is just that? like a dream on the piano. Oh, it's yeah. perfectly evoking the mood for each section of the narrative. Mm-hmm. And specifically the scene where Truman breaks his routine for the first time because he's yes. kind of catching on. Like the emotion of that music it. when combined with like Truman's like simplicity of his actions. It's yes. just incredibly powerful how he takes us on that journey. Yes, it was so orchestrated well yeah. with like Jim Carrey's acting was genius because think about it he was such a good actor for this physically he went from being so innocent and just you know whatever and then the moment he started kind of testing the waters and wonderful how he yeah. did that and the music actually the music with him. helped yes yeah, so it was all in all incredible film one of my Timeless. tops that was definitely one of my top films and it's kind of like now in this era in this 2023 like how are we all living our lives we're all on the Truman Show everybody watches every second of our life I yeah social media and you know nothing's real unless you post it (laughs) I think I think that was the beginning of Hollywood greenlighting something that actually let us start thinking about that kind of thing you know I don't think it really sunk in until now yeah like I think it's more people are really looking at it and they go oh yeah we see that now but at the time it was almost like that's why it was so groundbreaking 
mean? Because people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's really making me think. Yeah. But that was the beginning of that. And look at Jim Carrey now. He's all like, look, I know the game, people. I don't even want to play this anymore. Like, he's, he knows the game. He has knowing. And so it's like, I feel like he picked the project because it spoke to that a little bit. And I love when films do that because it's like, all right, it's okay to have some films that are like feel good and blah, 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 and dial it in. But after a while, you're kind of like, I want something that breaks through and is speaking to a little bit more truth than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so many iconic movies, like, and this is just part one. What are we going to rate this, though? Oh, what are we going to rate this? Okay, is this a... Is it the truth? <laughs> or is it or, a facade? A facade could do that. That's, that's not bad. I was thinking more of like a ratings thing, but no, okay, yeah, I like that. It Does it break the, the fourth, fourth wall, wall or stay in your bubble? Mm. And I think we all know it's... Breaking, breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> you sang it. I just spoke it. Oh, my God. No, that was so good. And I actually was emotional in some moments. There was moments. And watching it again, I actually felt bad for him. Oh, my gosh. I know. Okay. Wow. All right. So we made it to the end of part one for 1998. And I'm telling you what, these titles, it was really interesting how those were really a sign of the times I think I think that even though like maybe there was a little bit of the Truman Show we were talking about hey let's look at what's going on here there's a lot of stuff maybe we're not really let's look at our reality and then you had there's something about Mary which was just like fun and just kind of like lighthearted but it's like maybe we were just kind of dancing around in that reality television show era where we were like didn't really want to think about the real stuff happening out right, there. The wars. A lot of stuff happening. And the, the wars, dev- yeah. yeah, all that stuff. Because it was almost like at the time, I don't think we had a lot that we could do about it. Mm. Not now. Like we have technology, we have things that we can communicate with and we can kind of activate more. But I feel like at the time, it was almost like Gen X is kind of like, you know, is the albatross is that it's like you want to change, but you don't really have the paths yet. You know, you don't have the tools yet or you like you really don't have the channels yet, you know. So let's so, distract ourselves. <laughs> right. It's almost like keep the hope alive by like creating a different reality that's okay, you know. Mm-hmm. But maybe maybe that was happening. And then Titanic was more like this beautiful idea of like reminding us about humanity. You know, mm-hmm. it's like. I can see how that, and not in a bad way, that we can kind of go inward. And not We're not thinking about world issues because we're just like, let's remember what we love and is important. It's more about relationships. Maybe that. Maybe that's actually more. Truman Show. Yeah, there's something about Mary, Titanic, and what was the other and one? How Stella got and how, group back. Relationships. <gasps> that was it. That You're was the tie thing. it in, Shay. Yeah, yeah, I brought it back. I brought it back. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Sonic, Sonic Chronic. Chronic. That's right. Part one of... 1998 yeah (laughs) and we were feeling it yes like we do every episode we want to know do you you agree yeah how did you feel about the titles we talked about do you agree do you disagree like us on instagram and spotify and tell us what you think yes yes follow us on spotify spotify definitely you can leave comments Mm. let us know what you think we Um, love hearing from you yes we love hearing from you the sonicchronic.com is our official website you can also interact with us there leave comments there follow us on all the places where you can get the podcast Mm. so that you know you'll be notified when the next episode is ready to go ready to go and so with that said that was the frequency of Of that that time. time. All right, everybody. We will (laughs) catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.